This past week, I was on the John Batchelor Show. It's always a pleasure to be with John. He's got a great podcast, covers news all over the globe, and pays close attention to what's happening in California. Enjoy. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I welcome Devin Nunes, podcaster, author, and congressman, to remember 20 years ago where he was and what he thought when he heard of the attack on New York and Washington. Devin, a very good evening to you. Did you hear, as we all did, from the television, or were there people coming running to you? I've had several versions this week. Where were you, and when did you first hear? Good evening. Well, well, thanks, John. I was actually out here in California in the Valley. I was not yet elected to Congress, and in fact, it would be just a week or two later that I would announce my run for Congress. I was working uh, uh, farming uh, with my family and also for the George W. Bush administration. I was a state director for the Department of Agriculture uh, here in California, and I had about 20-some different offices around the state with the headquarters being near Sacramento. Uh, but I happened to be in Visalia. I can't remember why, exactly why I was down uh, in the more of the central southern San Joaquin Valley where I live. And uh, early in the morning, I was playing the news back in the day when you, you people would listen to AM radio for the news in the morning. Uh, and uh, got up um, and uh, was rummaging around because it would have been in the 5 a.m. hour out here and heard something about a plane hitting. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought at the time there had been a, I think, a small Cessna or something had, had flown in, uh, uh, crash landed somewhere. So, you know, most people I think were speculating that that's what it was. And I jumped in the shower and then got out. And then, uh, well, I think on the, the second uh, plane hitting, I actually watched it live uh, on the hit live on the news on uh, I was watching Fox News at the time and then at that point we knew something uh, had gone uh, wildly wildly wrong and it, it didn't take long to figure out it was a terrorist attack and what my the memory at that time was is uh, a lot of because I was running these offices was to get all the just the federal employees there's no need for the, them to be in because you didn't know where the next plane was going to hit or you know, at that point, there were all kinds of, of rumors flying. And, of course, you know, by the time the plane went down in the Pentagon and then, of course, in Pennsylvania, uh, the damage had been done and the, like, the world was changed forever. Your thoughts about who did it, can you recall that, Devin? You know, it, it was obviously, as I remember back at the time, some type of radical Islamic attack. You know, but at that time, you have to remember that Osama bin Laden didn't ro roll off of people's tongues. In fact, as I recall, John, you were one of the only people that were actually doing research uh, on your Saturday show uh, back at the time, you and, uh, and some of the folks that you would interview at the time. Uh, but I did, but I, you know, we did obviously remember the World Trade Center bombings that had occurred earlier, and of course, the bombing on the USS Cole uh, situation in Somalia. So, so I think at the time I knew it was probably some sort of radical Islamic group, but Al-Qaeda was not a not an everyday name, and Osama bin Laden nobody knew about. But, of course, within, you know, by the next day, uh, everybody knew about it, and now to this day, uh, Al-Qaeda is still, still out there. Al-Qaeda is still flourishing now in, in Afghanistan, as you've noted on your show the last few weeks. The planes were headed to California, San Francisco and Los Angeles. It was very much a California crisis, California tragedy. Uh, did during the day, the course of the day, the reporting in Fresno from our, uh, our, our favorite radio station, did you hear them talk about the California victims? Was that part of the conversation? 
you know, at that, at that point, uh, nobody really knew because there was just so little information getting out there. It was at, at that. I just remember those first 24 hours wondering, you know, are there planes coming from overseas? You know, they had to get all the planes out of the sky to ensure that no more planes were going to be flying into buildings. But yeah, I do remember there was that, you know, for the until all the planes were out of the sky around the globe. I think everybody was on pins and needles, right? I mean, even if not just the United States, but there's multiple targets you could hit within the United States, but also iconic cities around the world that had to have been uh, very concerned, you know, whether it be Paris and the Eiffel Tower or, or London, uh, you know, several places that, uh, that would have been worth, uh, uh, if you're a radical Islamic terrorist, would have been a place to, to hit. I uh, also recall just vaguely, Israel was also very concerned, not knowing, you know, was this going to be a, a a pivot at which, you know, there would be, you know, more attacks, you know, coming from the Palestinian territories or or Lebanon, and of course those were those were different different times at that, that uh, as I recall. But nobody knew exactly what was going on, and, and you know, later, you know, over the last, next week or two, you know, we learned how many Californians uh, did die and. Right, and the world was never the same again. You you were about to announce for Congress. Did it change your plans in any fashion about that? Well, I think what it really did is it is it it wasn't. I was I was planning on running, but I think that cemented the fact that I was going to run. Um, that was just kind of the. It was it was at a time where I was deciding, you know, was I going to make this? I was in a locally elected office, and was I going to make that jump? Uh, working for the Bush administration and. And it was a it was a, a very good uh, position. It was one that I didn't leave. Uh, I was very reluctant to to leave it. But I think with 9/11, all the patriotism, I think it drove me to to run. And then, of course, the rest the rest is history, John. And then I ended up on the intelligence committee, being in right. Afghanistan and Iraq and every uh, and then a bunch of countries that no one's ever heard of. Uh, and still to this day, I'm still engaged in this work. It's uh, I think appropriate title for your friends Tom Jocelyn and Bill Raja that you interview every week and are so are so good about covering this. But it's called the Long War Journal is what they call their website, and it's because it's a long war. And I think people can't forget that the enemy hasn't died, hasn't been vanquished from the planet, and they haven't surrendered. So therefore, the fight uh, the fight goes on, and and it will continue. And now that with their rebirth in Afghanistan. Uh, and then the recognition that the Biden administration is trying to give to the Taliban, I think it's just a matter of time before we start to see uh, more attacks around the globe because the enemy has become emboldened uh, by this disastrous, disastrous evacuation from Afghanistan. There's no way, Devin, you could have watched the television that morning, the second plane going in, and knowing that you were going to be plunged into this war for 20 years. That was too much to imagine. But now reflecting mm-hmm. back, because you've You've been in all the committee meetings. You've been behind closed doors. You've learned all of the threats over over these 20 years. Uh, what have you learned from that? What is the lesson learned in Congress in the 20 years of the war on terror? You know, it's a, that's a very, very good question, John. And I would say that uh, when – I think there were some critical junctures where, where mistakes were made. And it, and it all starts with kind of the simple rules of – of, of war that I was taught, which is, you know, what, what is the Defense Department in the United States supposed to do? What, are the, what is the military supposed to do? And I always simply put, it's one, to win wars, two, provide for deterrence, and three, make sure you stay out of politics. Well, sadly, 
Uh, we've not done a very good job at, at, at all three of those. And I say that when we never lost a battle. We, you know, we have military superiority, but you have to look back in retrospect and say, well, what, what went wrong? And, and you know, look, I, I'll be a little bit uh, critical of the Bush administration. I think one of the, the first mistakes that was made was early on in the incursion into Afghanistan, but the decision, which I think was a fatal one, uh, to not go into the Fatah region, basically the Pakistan, un, ungoverned region of Pakistan at the time, and observe uh, some phony lines uh, in the mountains there was a really, really big mistake. Right, and right. I, I don't think that, you know, if when we go into a major war and you're going to win a war, you can't look at imaginary lines on a map. And, you know, I don't think there was any chance that, you know, the work of the Pakistani, you, know, you hear the kind of the neocons and the, and the left wing always say, well, they had nukes, so we couldn't go in there. Yeah, well, I, I just don't think you put our men and women in harm's way, our blood and our treasure, uh, if you're not going to track uh, down the enemy to the gates of hell. And that should have been done. It was a critical, critical juncture where mistakes were made. And then if you go if you go further, there were similar mistakes that were were made in Iraq. And I supported going to Iraq. And you know, largely Iraq is much different than Afghanistan in my in my estimation because it's one of the most wealthiest countries that I've ever stepped foot in in terms of just the the soil and the water and the oil and the gas and the all the minerals. It's you know it's and it has a long history. Uh, so you know, but there were terrorists there. Saddam Hussein had done a, a bad things. I, I still. Uh, to this day, I think it's been overshadowed, but uh, most of our enemies at, at, at a time or two were harboring al-Qaeda, were willing to work with al-Qaeda and radical Islam, Islamists. But if you go back, my point on this was when we went into Iraq, uh, we made some of the same mistakes that we made in Afghanistan at the beginning where we where we looked at, uh, I remember times we had radicals that were that locked themselves inside of a mosque, but you know, we made the decision to, uh, you know, and I, and I understand you don't want to kill uh, innocents, uh, but look, bad things happen in war, and there's a lot of bad guys that are still alive, and I think it, the, that was a time when radical Islamists and our enemy looked at us and said, well, these guys are more into nation building uh, than they are into actually winning wars. And when you look back, that's the overall uh, kind of the big picture here, John, is, is that our U.S. military needs to focus on winning wars, killing people, breaking things, driving the enemy to be vanquished, not on nation building. You know, we should have learned that in, in Vietnam. We should have learned that you know, numerous times around the, around the globe. Uh, and then I think the State Department is even worse. And, you know, sadly, uh, the State Department, embassies around the world, they should be one that can, that, that, that can do. We have so many government programs and programs that we work with other countries on. Uh, that are made to promote democracy and, and so-called so nation build. But uh, we've learned through these 20 years that uh, the United States government is fat and lazy and completely corrupt and inept, and there is no possible way uh, the State Department or the Defense Department uh, can engage in nation building ever again. It will be a long time before we engage in nation building. Yeah. And we got to get back, the military back. Uh, to what they were the original intention was, which is to win wars, number one, provide deterrence, number two, and stay out of politics, number three. Devin Nunes, podcaster Devin Nunes, author Devin Nunes, author of Countdown to Socialism and 
Congressman Devin Nunes of 22 California, the San Joaquin Valley, the bread and fruit basket of the solar system. When we come back, countdown to socialism's coming to the last minutes. This is CBS. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor.